Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to the Tiny Pies Artisan Podcast, where we talk about various small baked pastry dishes with your hosts, Shane Pie Faced Hollister and Vincent. Beef and onion, Marmite. What's your favourite tiny pie, Vic? Hmm. Well, I've got a lot of Scottish blood in me, so probably a macaroni cheese pie. Is that Scottish? Yeah. Scottish pies are little round ones, yeah? You normally, mm. they do mutton or scurly, but um, a macaroni cheese pie is amazing. My mum used to bring them down for me when she came down from Scotland. Oh, that does sound good. Anyway, none of that nonsense. This is the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, angry Victor Marland, <laughs> and you are Sean, in your face, happy, jolly, stupid-looking beard, Holly. <laughs> stupid-looking beard? It's a nice beard. It's a very good beard. I'm just it's jealous because I can't grow one myself like that. Mine's gone white. It's going to go silver like my dad's did. Anyway, tell me first, because I've got a lot of moaning to do, tell mm. me what you've been up to, son. Anything good to cheer me up? Yeah, yeah, I've been up to the lakes a couple of weeks ago. I had a nice boat trip around Lake Windermere with a lovely wife on on Lake Windermere, and I've been on a works do. Oh yeah, for what? Yeah. What reason? It's like an annual summer? golf. It's an annual golf do, isn't it? We don't have a Christmas do. We have, like a, we have like a summer do. Golf. So, golf. Golf. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand golf. That's why I can't pronounce it properly. Well, it's you like didn't a actually child. play golf, did you? No, it's a charity oh, golf day, and then all the like employees get invited at night when all the like, all the gloff is over. Oh, I see, that's <laughs> not too nice. bad. Because if mm-hmm. someone invited me to a gloff party, I would have to stab them. But it's that ma- the magic two words, Vic. What's that? Free beer. Oh, fair enough. It's I nice just one, stood it. I just stood near me boss all night, and he's got this card. Another drink? Oh, yeah, thanks, yeah. Oh, go on, then. Thank you very much. Yeah, really. And I went out last night. Yes. With uh, James RGP around Darren, which is at Darwin. Darren is the local name for it. Oh. Which is the next town over from me, Blackburn. Oh, very nice. In- confusing. Darren. Who Who is Darren? It's Darwin. Darren is... So when you say Darren to people, do they not get confused? You're talking about a mate of yours rather than a town. Not in this area, no. You northerners are really weird. We are a bit weird, aren't we? Mm. I'm a fake northerner, they keep telling me anyway. But, and the last thing, what I've been doing, I think Tagster put some on Facebook about Space Harrier. Oh, yeah, okay. And I've started playing it again. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I put it on auto fire, which is nice and easy. Well, it's not easy, but it's, it's nicer to play, so you're not battering the fire button. Mm. And I'm getting into that again. Yeah, so it's a good Robin. game. It's a really good game. I think it really needs the analog stick, though, to play that game properly. You can tweak the main controls. Yeah. 
I think I said this when we did the podcast. And if you leave the controls, the the little guy, he sort of goes back into the middle Dave of the screen. Dave Harrier. Yeah, Dave Harrier yeah. will go back into the middle of the screen. And that is useful because certain, oh, certain yeah. trees and stuff, you hover over the top of and like weird mushroom stuff, you hover over the top of and other things don't get you. So you stay in that central zone and then you move up and down when things get you. And I've, I don't know if it's easier than the analog, but I, I certainly enjoy it anyway. Well, the analog, you can just move the stick sort of three quarters away to say three quarter up the screen. And when you let go of it, it is auto centering all the time. So it will go to the mm. center. As long as it's auto centering, I think it's like, but when you're playing digital, if you just go left, you'll go all the way left, I presume. You must have. You've you just got on and off, haven't you, on a, on a switch? Yeah, you can change the speed of it. The thing is, when you're trying oh, okay. to go, when you're going diagonals, you have to like fight with the diagonals because it's always going back to center. Yeah, you could. So that, I'll tell you what, I could actually wire you up an analog stick. I've got some spare analog sticks. Yeah? Yeah. I've got some Sega ones I got off of Naomi from years ago. I could probably do that. If you used an APAC, which you should have in that spinny thing I made you. Yeah. Or is it an yeah. OptiPack, isn't it? Not an APAC. OptiPack. Optical. Right. Yeah, so you use analog stuff. Yeah, you could probably do that. Or is it an APAC? I have to look into that. Well, yeah, you could do it. And you could play you could games like plays like games like Food Fight uses an analog stick and Sinistar and stuff like that and Bubbles. Mm. I think Bubbles would be quite a good game with a proper stick, you know, because you can control the little blob around easier. <laughs> I have, it's an arcade club, and I've tried it a few times, and I don't know, it's not great. It's not it's not one of the best of Williams's games, I think. Yeah, I've got a little soft spot. But it's quite a nice little game, and he's a cute little blob. Hmm, quite right. cute. Are you, ready for, are you ready for my stuff? Um, yeah, but there's a lot of swearing on here. There's a lot of swearing on there. I'll try <laughs> not to do it. Right, the first thing is quite a good thing. I've been making Vectrex arcade controllers. Right. Have you seen these on the Vectrex Unite exclamation mark Facebook page? Yeah. Well, the first one I made is because I've got a Vec Fever cart now and it's got those arcade games on that have been remade, Asteroids, Asteroids Deluxe, and a game called Robot Arena, which is very like Robotron. Well... The Asteroids games, as you know, are buttons only. Left, right, thrust, fire, hyperspace, and shield for yep. deluxe. And you can play it on the Vectrex controller. You use buttons one and two as left and right. Three and four is thrust and fire. And if you just jab the control stick in any direction, you get hyperspace or shield. But it's not ideal. So what I did is I made these little circuits up, which I found the diagram for on that page, on the Facebook page. It's very simple. Eight... eight um, what are they called? Those little things with the round bits on, with circles round. Victor has developed resistor disremembrance again. Resistors, that's the ones. Right. That was almost a Holly Tech tip. It has eight <laughs> resistors, right? Four of one type, four of another, and it's a little bit of wiring. Very easy to do, very simple. Even I could do it on a bit of strip board. And you wire it up to the buttons and stuff and all this business and wire it up to a, a cable, a nine-pin cable that goes into it. I use an extension cable off an old Mega Drive one. And it works lovely. But I found a little box on e- eBay, a little plastic box to put in, which looks like a little control box. Drilled five holes in it. And I actually put up and down joystick buttons on the side of it. So when you're on the Vec Fever, you can go up and down through the menus to choose the game. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any controls to choose the game. So right. that worked out really nicely. And I'm making Chris Parsons one because he's the Vectrex guy and he needs to have one. I want to do his black and green. Uh, no, I'm going to get an overlay made up for asteroids. And the other one I've done is a twin stick. Mm, saw that, yeah. Which is quite nice. I've just wrapped it in that carbon fibre, like vinyl sticky wrap stuff. 
Mm. It looks quite nice. It's got the two twin sticks, and I'm waiting for four red buttons. So you can use it as a twin stick controller because the actual right-hand joystick is actually mapped to the buttons. And it's got the four buttons. You can use it as a normal controller with just one joystick and four buttons. So it's quite universal. Mm. And I'm making Chris one of those as well. It works really nice. I really enjoyed making those, which is one thing I have enjoyed doing lately because making stuff is quite nice. But it's, mm. when it gets to be a bit of a chore, that's when it gets to be a bit of a bummer. Yeah. So that's good. And the Vectrex, I've actually been playing the Vectrex with these controllers as well, and it's really nice to play. I really like the Vectrex. It is really good. Like it. Yeah. And some of them games coming out. I've ordered Stromash Zone, which is um, Jim Watt's version of Battlezone. Battlezone, yeah. And it's really cool. It should be coming soon. I think he was just... Um, he just had the boxes delivered because it all comes in a proper professional box, packaging, cartridge, overlays, instructions, all that sort of stuff. So I'll be looking forward to getting that. Right then, this is the bad bit, one of the bad things I've been doing lately. This is entitled OK Baby Woes, brackets again. Right. <laughs> I went down to Eastbourne last weekend, a little bit of a jaunt, an hour and a half down there, something like that to pick up a monitor that Benson Rad got from an operator and he gave to Rich Stryker, as I said last week. Thank you, guys. And they said I could have it for you for this cap because I needed a, a monitor and they weren't going to really use it. So they handed it over. Thank you very much. Uh, nice to see Rich. I only saw him briefly because we had to go and see some other people who lived quite close we were going to visit. Picked it up and I thought, oh, this is brilliant. This monitor is brand new. It's never been used. You could see it had never been used, especially in an arcade or even a home machine because... The cable on the end of the chassis, which is a free voltage one, just a plug-in one, was a foreign-looking plug. And if it was a UK used, it would have been chopped off and a normal plug fitted or something to go into a normal power supply. So I thought, brilliant, this is going to work. It's going to be great. It's brand new. It looks really clean. Everything was lovely. No, not a speck of dust on it. It was brilliant. Got it home, and a couple of days later, I had time to, to get it in there, put it on in. It all fitted and everything. I was messing around around the back, get things sorted out. And I thought, right, I'll just close the lid on the cab because it's got like a bonnet catch on the cab on the front of it. The whole lift, front lifts up. Put it down, it wouldn't fit. Because oh. the on this new tube is a bit prouder on the front. On the front face, it's thicker. It's got the same kind of curvature on it, but it's just thicker at the front where the mounts are. So, oh, damn it. What I'll do is the mounts, original mounts, were actually proud. They were sort of bent up steel. Mm. It's got like a big hole in the middle and then two bra- two holes to attach it to the outside frame. So what I'll do at work, I'll just make some flat ones, exactly the same, but flat rather than bent up and proud. So I made four of these mounts at work. It didn't take very long, no problem at all, out of aluminium. Easy. Got them home, put them all in, put the monitor in, closed the lid, lovely fit. Job done. Nice. Next part is, I had to rewire quite a lot of the jammer cabling in it because a lot of it was not used or it was wired somewhere else I had to get a new plug for the monitor because it's slightly different red green blue sync ground so I, got mm. a, I actually found one I had which is luckily because I'd have to solder to the chassis and I don't want to do that I wanted to plug it in so you can unplug it to take it out found all that got it all wired up found out at last from people on UK VAC and some monitor people that you can actually use this thing free voltage so I was scared you had to use an ISO transformer for it because the older mm. monitors you have to do that to, to isolate the voltage from the chassis and the frame i think of the actual tube so it'd be safe it's just a normal plug-in like a normal tv so i chopped the plug off got the power supply working got everything in there double checked it turned it on things came on you could hear things come on but there was a faint ticking coming from the chassis and what that means is usually it's shutting itself down 
it's shutting the voltage down every time instead of loading up and getting going it's shutting itself down continuously because i've heard other monitors do that before because there's a problem somewhere it could be the lopped it could be i don't know capacitors i don't know what it is but it could be anything but it's just mm. weird how a brand new monitor or what i think is a brand new monitor doesn't work unless it's faulty from factory i don't know mm, maybe that's weird. why the operator never use it i don't know i don't know the history of it but it's another kick in the balls for me in this cab. I want to get this cab to you. I want it finished. I want it out of my flipping garage. I want you to enjoy it. But it's just it's just one thing after another. You know, we had the problem with the Polo Star monitor didn't work properly because the tube on that one didn't yeah. good. The original monitor's not very good. It does work, but it's awful. It's just one thing after another, mate. It's I've just had enough of it. I've got I'm, I've got maybe one avenue left to get it working. But it's just adding to the cost. You've got to get someone to look at it and repair it and stuff. And I don't want to add these costs up for you. And I might as well just yeah. cut my losses, sell it at a loss, and get rid of it. And someone else can fix it, because I'm sure they've got more knowledge of it than I have. So, yeah, that is right up my bottom at the moment. Oh, it's a And shame, it's painful man. having a 20-inch monitor in your bottom. I can tell Oof. you that. Yeah, so the next one, another, well, sort of a bummer. But maybe I'll, I'll sort this out. I've been messing around with Groovy Mame on a Linux PC setup, which Rich Chunkson sent me. And it looks amazing. It, it loads up really fast. The menu system's lovely on it. The games work nice when you play them. But I had a bit of a problem with... When I first got it, I plugged the, the stick in, the USB stick, which had the ROMs on, which you do in this particular setup, and it wouldn't see the ROMs. So I did a ROM collection on it, which is, I think, what you do to find it. And I think... It asked me to delete the XML file, which has got all the descriptions for the games. And I didn't mm. read it properly. I think I deleted it. It's my problem. But I didn't realise you could delete that. So something's happened. And all the games work now. But on the descriptions, it's just got the ROM names. So like G Beret for Green Beret. That mm. sort of thing. Not you know the actual name. Because I think the main.xml file actually tells the front end you're using what the names of the games are. I'm not sure how to get it back to work all the names are. And there's, there's thousands, there's like two and a half thousand games on there. There's lots of games. And some of them I really want to play because I've never played them before. I've not even seen them because it's a new version. But I'm, I'm quite impressed with the speed it loads up at and how, how it actually works. It's very good, very clean. Mm. So, yeah, I need to sort of play with that a bit. But I'm, I'm losing the will to play with stuff now. I just want it working. Yeah. You know when you, you fiddle with stuff all the time and then all of a sudden you think, oh, I've just had enough of hours and hours of fiddling and stuff to get it right i just want it working and it was i know rich got it working because he said he did and your one's been fine i think it's just something daft i did i don't know why it wasn't working to start with why it wouldn't see the roms but there's just some silly thing and i don't know enough about linux to to mess with it that's a problem mm, might, might just need a bit of time out i think maybe just a bit of a rest and yeah I know yeah. it's it's really bugging me, and because I've been messing around with that um, OK Baby in there, there's loads of tools all over the floor, toolboxes, there's stuff in boxes lying around. There's a new, now its original tube, 29 inch tube laying around the garage, which is massive, and it's actually mm. a good tube as far as I know. So maybe maybe someone will get some use out of that if someone wants a tube. I don't know. So yeah, it's been a bit of a bummer that it's been really annoying me. Bugger. Yeah, so me and the arcades and the, the the new game we're we're reviewing, I've not been playing it much. <laughs> we will talk we'll about that. We will talk about at that. The end. Yeah. yeah. But one good thing that's not arcade related, I really enjoyed, is we went we me went to wife and wife. stupid dog Haruki the beagle, 
went to a little dog show in Bushy Park, which is quite close to me near Twickenham. And it's run by the people who run this little cafe, which is um, friendly with dogs. You know, you can take your dog in there and have coffee and tea and stuff and give them doggy sausages and stuff. I thought, right, I want some rosettes for this dog. I want to win something. He's a good dog. So we, we applied for him for three competitions. There was uh, most handsome dog, yeah, best puppy under a year old, and greediest dog, right? He, I bet he won greediest dog, did he? No, he didn't, because there were some bigger dogs there, and I think he had trouble finding the sausages. He woofed them down pretty quick, because they had little sausages yeah. in a line for him to eat. But it was in the grass. We couldn't find them so easily. But he did well, and he also stole some sausages that day from a picnic, some, a picnic, um, some, someone having a picnic, that's got to be worth an award, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Best thief. Best picnic thief. Yeah. Um, but he did win the best puppy under a year old. So he got a little red rosette. It's cool. Oh, he is cute. He's very, very cute, isn't he? I was very happy with that. Sean, I'm yeah. now a dog person. What have I become? Were you a cat person before? Or no, just I not, just didn't not really any care, animals? to be honest with you. I've just become a flipping dog person. I, I tell you... I'll tell you what, though, there is one dog that could be almost as cute as your dog. Which one's that? Have you seen Taxter's dog? His little puppy. Yes, he's got a fluffy thing, hasn't he? It's nice. Yeah, very cute. But has he won best puppy under a year old? They'd have to have a cute off. A cute off. And also, uh, he won the reserve of best dog in show, which is cool. Wow. That pleased me. <sighs> Should we get on some more arcade stuff? Yes! Get that off my chest. Arcade News. Okay, so Space Invaders is now 40 years old, which means, Vic, we are old because we remember this game. I've been over 40 for a long time. I have. Eight years. Um, the Guardian newspaper interviews Tomohiro Nishikado on Space Invaders' 40th anniversary. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, and if Nishikado-san ever listens to this podcast, on behalf of the Tenpence Arcade podcast hosts, you and me, and mm. all of our listeners... Arigato gozaimasu. What's that mean? And it means thank you for Space Invaders. I probably wouldn't be oh. doing any of this if it wasn't for Space Invaders. Yeah, me too. So thank you very much, Mr. Nishikado. Neo Geo Mini video presentation. This is a new thing put out by SNK and sent by Roger Cantor to me. Thank you for keeping us updated on this, Rog. Uh, this is a beauty of a new product coming out soon. It's a mini Neo Geo cabinet based on the Neo Geo 19, Neo 19 Candy Cab. And it's not just a little box you, ter- you plug into your TV like the NES and the SNES minis. This is a full little cabinet with a little three-inch screen mm. and little controls. It's really, really nice. It comes in two slightly different flavours. The original Japanese release with red livery and the iconic red, yellow, green, blue buttons. And the slightly subdued grey tinted machine, which is an international version. Of course, the Japanese one looks far superior, and that's the one I'm aiming to get. Uh, the machine comes loaded with 40 games. I'm pretty sure they're emulation. Got to be. Mm. Uh, there's a video link on the show notes for this, and you'll see all the games in there. But the international version has 14 different titles out of the 40. Presume more suited to the non-Japanese players. Mm. I dare say this little thing will be hacked pretty soon after release, so you can play all the ROMs on it, which would be really sweet, because neither version has got Waku Waku 7, and that is heresy. That's a really good fighting game. Uh, this machine can also be linked to a HDMI TV, so you can play it on a big screen. And you can have two separate controllers with it for two players to play. It's a really nice right. little thing. It's nicer than any of them I've seen so far. It's lovely. Right, there is a lot of them. Now, aren't there these yeah, mini this games? is the business. Have a look at the video when you can. It is the business. It looks really cool. Mm. 
Next thing, we have a review from Neil Twenty to Five of Play Glasgow. I asked, I asked him because we went up last year and we had a, a walk around me and Neil, yep. and I said, "Would you, would you mind?" Because he's very like, he's good with words, like me. He is, his blog's good, excellent. I like his blog. He's restarted his blog recently as well. Yeah, he's re good with words. Re good with words. <laughs> like writing so this is, stuff. <laughs> so this is Neil's review of Play Glasgow 2018, which was last week as we record now. Having just returned from Play Glasgow this weekend, Master Hollister asked if I could pen a few words to sum up the event for those, including myself, who couldn't make it. So to ensure the 10 Pence Arcade podcast doesn't morph into a stage for my waffling, I will keep this as brief as I can, but will hopefully do a full write-up along with some glossy photos over on my blog on Neil's Arcade Diary. We'll put a link in the no-shows for that. We will. To, uh, so check out that soon. Okay, Play Glasgow in its third year and my second attendance at this particular event. For those that haven't been, its setting is a real bonus. It is located inside an Intu Centre, which includes everything from shops, dozens of restaurants, cinema, snow dome, huge climbing walls, indoor golf, bowling, and numerous alcohol-serving establishments, all of which you can freely wander in and out of whilst at the event, meaning there is a plethora of opportunities to grab a decent bite to eat or drink. Then, on a night, if you are staying over, there are two budget hotels on site also, meaning you can have a whole host of fun without driving anywhere. Woohoo! This event is a replay event which supports the expected mainstays of arcade cabs, pinballs, consoles, modern PC gaming, board gaming, cosplay, indie development, and merchandise. That's a lot. Focusing on what the 10 pence audience want to hear, though, is arcade cabinets. Most of these are supplied by James RGP, Retro Games Party, and he and Stuart, Super Stew as we call him, he never stops. I think he might be a robot. He did an amazing job of keeping every single one of these cabs up and running throughout. On a slightly negative note, these cabs have undoubtedly now travelled some miles over the past few years and face a sometimes less than appreciative heavy-handed audience. And as such, this is starting to show. Buttons are not quite working as they should. Sticks feeling wrong. Dings and dents are plenty. They are not cabs that would sit happy with a purist, but for a casual few games, they are easily forgiven and are far outweighed by the sheer fact that they were there, working and available for all to play. As Sean said about Revival, he goes more for a banter amongst collectors, and whilst he may not be as evident as the replay events as, say, Revival or Nerg, it is still a good chance to meet old and new friends alike, and I managed to catch up with Kingy and perform some much do jowl slappage for picking this week's Zane Deterred game. <laughs> but for myself, this year's event was about family, as it was the first event that we attended just that myself, Mrs. M, and our two kiddiewinks aged 10 and 6. And as such, there was a different feel to the event. I was happy to hold back and let them find their feet in their own favourites. The kids initially were drawn to familiar cabs games that they play at home, so Donkey Kong and Space Invaders and Pac-Man were all visited, as did Sonic, Mario and Minecraft over on the consoles and PCs. But it was to the pinball tables that we then turned to, repeatedly revisiting that section throughout the day, jumping from old tables to new. This event is really well supported by, I think it's called the Scottish Pinball Association, mm. which is linked to, who's the other pinball thing? Oh, I can't pinball remember. Heaven? Yeah, that's the, that's the shop. What's the other guys? Oh, pinball okay. Pete and Pinball Dave. But it could be them. I'm going to remember it in a bit. Anyway... To one supporting recognisable faces such as Shrek, Iron Man and Indiana Jones, it was genuinely heartwarming to see my kids, the youngest on his tiptoes, on his little stool, which he duly carried around all day without the hint of a whine, becoming mesmerised by these pinball tables. The random bashing of the flipper buttons slowly turned into a more planned approaches as they learned the tables and sought to pick out certain ramps and features. 
Of course this means I've now expected to acquire such a table for our house, which is of course not going to be a cheap item at all. But maybe one day, just one day, you never know. All in all, we had a blast, even Mrs. M. More so than she will ever readily admit, finding a favourite cab of the event is that of one of Victor's treasured games, a dedicated ladybug cabinet. A great day, followed by a great night in the venue, with some very tired heads hitting the pillows much later that night. Were those little hands were still hitting the flipper buttons in whatever dream they were responding to. Uh, see you guys next month at NERG. Mmm, lovely. I'm just looking at Northern Lights. Is it Northern Lights? Oh, Pinball? yes, I've heard of Northern Lights. Yeah, cool. Oh, got it, got They're it. They're the experts then, guys. Yep, awesome. Also, Namco are now jumping on what I'm calling the mini console bandwagon. There is, yeah. And they've got two mini retro game consoles, Namco Museum, which first appeared on PS1, I think, or maybe before that. So they've got on these, on this little mini Namco Museum console, they've got Pac-Man, Pac-Man 2, loads of Pac-Man games, Galaga, Galaxian, your favourite, Vic, Rolling Thunder. Yay. It's got Pac-Mania, importantly. I didn't know there's a Rolling Thunder 3. It says Rolling Thunder 3. I think it was a console release. It was on a Mega Drive and SNES. Right, Splatterhouse, Tower of Duaga, which are quite quite interesting. It's a weird game, that. Yeah, nice little game. There's some good games on it, but it's, I don't know, nice little cabinet, I suppose. But one thing I do like is the Pac-Man handheld one. Have you seen that? It looks like a little Game Boy Advance kind of shape thing. A little yellow. Yeah. That yeah. looks really nice. I like the look of that little thing. Mm. I think that one's got Pac-Mania on as well, which is really cool. <laughs> Have you seen this one? Another mini cab. I don't know how big this is. It's probably like six to ten inches, but it's a Street Fighter 2 cab. Now, that is getting silly because Street Fighter 2 needs six buttons. Yeah. And putting six buttons on such a short, small machine is not going to work very well. But it has got an extra controller, so you can play head-to-head with your mates. But it's going to be a bit cramped, isn't it, if someone's right in front of that with the screen and someone's by the side of you playing. That's mm. getting a bit silly, that. I think they're nice collectibles. I think they'll like, look nice on they're top of... They're little shelfy things, aren't they? Yeah, I don't think you can play them like really well. I just think that like. Well, to a, be honest gimmick, with you, you can. I've got a few of them. I've got the Walmart yeah. ones, which is the color NES versions. They play really nicely. But could you do as well as a full screen NES with a controller in front of you? I think you could. Yeah, because because the mm-hmm. NES controller isn't great for four way games anyway, and these things have got little joysticks and they've actually got little gates in, so you can play Pac Man and Frogger quite nicely on it. Simple games mm-hmm. you can play really well. I think Street Fighter 2 is getting a bit too close to the bone, really. Mm. Donkey Kong and Skyskipper are headed to the Switch officially. The first time they've ever been officially released, the actual arcade ROMs. And I bought Donkey Kong for £6.79. Well, I think Skyskipper, the reason Nintendo have sort of of woken up and thought, oh, wow, we we need to promote this again, is because of Alex and Whitney and Ollie and everyone else. Everyone said that. I think so too. Yeah, promoting it and and getting that Skyskipper scratch build up and running. Yeah, it's garnered a lot of interest, and I think people will want to play it on the Switch because it's going to be £6.79. I think that's their sort of standard price for their older arcade games. Mm. And the good thing about the Donkey Kong one is there's different modes on it. You can play the, the international version, which is the US ROMs, you play the early Japanese version, which is the one where you can, when you stand on a ladder, a barrel will not come down on you. It's got a little bug in it. Right. And the later Japanese version, which has obviously got different level selects. And there's also a caravan mode where you can play for five minutes and just get the highest amount of points you possibly can in five minutes. So it's more I wonder like a, what that was. It's more yeah. like a sort of um, a speed run because you can't hang around doing barrels. You've got to quickly do the levels so you get the bonuses. 
Mm. I think someone since the record at the moment is like fifty three thousand in five minutes, which is a lot of points to be honest with you. I couldn't even. I've played about twenty or thirty times now on the caravan mode, and I haven't finished a single game. Because if you die <laughs> once, you waste a lot of time. So you might as well just restart, and you just have to keep restarting. And yeah. I haven't actually because there's there's online leaderboards as well. So all our friends, uh, Tagster, Alex Nintendo Arcade, uh, Hooray Banana. I keep seeing the names. Ross Ross, I think, is on there. I keep seeing the names Farr. coming up. Charlie Far, yeah. Mm. So and you got to play it with basically the Nintendo controllers. So I'm using a, a Pro controller, and it works quite nicely, even with an analog stick. It it works okay. You can actually play it quite nicely. But I think a lot of people are going to be buying the arcade controllers now and putting four-way gates in to play it properly. But um, where's Copeland? He's one of the, the Donkey Kong high scorers. I think he might be the number one in the world and number two. Yeah. He kill-screened it on the first day, mm. and there's over a million on it now. I think it's 1.11 million is the, is the top on the, on the leaderboard. I'm sure it's him that's done it. Uh, that means it, it must be exactly perfect to the arcade because if he can do that then he, he, must, he knows the arcade inside out so i was watching be. a little twitch stream of his and he was saying he was playing it on the on a pro controller like everyone else was which means he must be brilliant because he's not being hampered by the controls at all and he did say one thing he said was a bit unfair using a pro controller it's because it's an eight-way stick when you're on a ladder mm. on the higher levels you can be going up the ladder at a diagonal and controlling the barrels with left and right at the same time. Because you're going to diagonal. With a four-way, you cannot go left or right and up at the same time. Right. So you can control. It's it's quite a advanced skill, but it does give you an advantage, he, was, he reckons. You can control barrels. Because normally, if you control barrels on the, on the ladder, you've got to stop and go left or right to control it. And it might slow yeah. you down going up the, up the ladder. So it is a little bit of help there. But you can do it on an arcade machine, have an eight-way gate on an arcade machine and do it. But yeah, really right. good version now. It's nice to the online leaderboards as well. Really nice. For £6.79, it's not bad, is it? Mm. And I bought yeah, it's it. Not, yeah. I have it on many, many, many other formats, but I bought it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I'll probably buy Skyskipper, to be honest with you, because I quite like it. The games you, yeah, you love, you just buy on everything. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. So now, kids, we have the bad news section. There's more bad, bad news, news than good news, isn't there? Unfortunately, there's a lot. There's a lot of news actually. It's a bit of a negative podcast. It's because I'm in a really bad mood because of everything that's gone on lately. Get your dog to to give you a nice kiss, a like nice dog, nice doggy lick. He does that quite a lot anyway. As long as he's not been eating some like horrible, like beefy substance. Oh, he does do that as well. It makes his breath smell. Anyway, Jamma Plus is dead. Long live UK Vac. UK Vac. Is still going, obviously, and members from Jammer Plus can migrate over to UK VAC because it is lovely. And they are more it's, than welcome. It is a fantastic forum. It's one of the only forums I'm on because you can just you can be on too many things, can't you? Facebook, Twitter, yeah. in Instagram and you know all them things. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's fantastic. Get on there, kids. I, I haven't used Jammer Plus for a lot of years. I found it very negative on there. The people who are running it, I didn't agree with some of the things they were doing, so I came off there ages ago. But there's lots of people on both forums, and the people who are not on UK back, very welcome to see you come over there. It'd be brilliant. The more the merrier, I say. Okay, more bad news. This is the free play event that was supposed to be in September the 15th and 16th in Manchester has been cancelled. Mm. And this was the one that was organised by Arcade Club and Retro Events Limited that do all that stuff over in Leeds. Collectorabilia, I think it's called, and Super mm-hmm. Retro Games Fair, all them things. 
and the official spiel on the site is unfortunately we have had to cancel the first free play event this september however we'll be looking to announce a new date shortly in the meantime keep gaming all the new cabs that were due to be unveiled at that show will now be at arcade club in september and there's a there's a couple of meets in september in the same day mm-hmm. that this was supposed to be on there's the uk vac meet which is yeah. going to be fantastic and the podcaster and youtube meet YouTubers meet, so there's going to be loads of people there. Oh, I didn't know about that. Mm. You're coming up, 15th uh, September? Yes. Definitely will for that one, definitely. I think Mr. Pete Harm might be coming. He's I great. hope he is, and if he does, mm. I will take him up if he wants. Mm. He's going to London, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. The Zaps Arcade Bournemouth is now not going ahead. The statement that went on UK VAC goes as such. Uh, first, the bad news. Our exciting cafe stroke bar stroke retro arcade venture, Zaps, isn't happening after all. In the end, it was a culmination of factors. Bournemouth rates, planning and premises issues, cost of cab repairs, etc. That's prevented it from being a viable long-term venture. We felt it best to pull the plug now before we dropped ourselves in a mountain of debt and rendered both of our families homeless. And they're also selling off a lot of the cabs they'd collected, uh, already sold most of them. A real shame. Mm. I'd like to have seen an arcade cafe in Bournemouth. That'd be really cool, down by the seaside. Yeah, yeah. But it, it does oh. take a lot of money. You've got the right area. You've got the right council, the right rents. You know, it's it must be very difficult starting a business like that, especially with old retro things. Mm. Well, best of luck to them, whatever they do, really. Mm. Arcade pickups. Well, I've been picking a few things up. Uh, not that many this time. Uh, a Wii Yar 29-inch monitor for OK Baby. I've explained what happened with that thing already. Mm-hmm. Best not to go over that again. Uh, nuts and bolts for various tinkerings to do with my Vectrex controllers. Uh, plastic electronic enclosures for the Vectrex Asteroids controllers. I've got some very cheap ones. The first one I bought was quite expensive. It wasn't really worth the money I paid for it, but I've got some cheaper ones now. They're slightly different shape, but they're still nice. Uh, so I've got a few of those for people I'm going to make them for. Uh, 24 mil arcade buttons for the above. I bought white buttons. I'll get a little overlay made up like the Asteroids control panel. Carbon wrap for Vectrex twin stick controllers. Uh, the Dell mini PC loaded with Linux Groovy Main. Uh, two zippy nice. sticks with insanely long shafts. Oh, I like a long shaft. Oh, I don't. <laughs> uh, these zippy sticks are copies, I think, of a Sanwar JLF. Yeah, uh, they're not bad little things. I think it's just Chinese copies. They're not too bad. They're quite robust, but you get two versions. There's a short throw sticks, which have got a normal sort of shape, sized shaft on, and you get these really long ones. I had to cut 15 mil off of them. God. So I cut that off and re-threaded where you put the ball top. I put a thread in there and remade them, and they're quite nice now. So I'll probably use those for twin sticks again. I expect. Mm. Mike Lee's. I don't know if I've mentioned this before at, at Revival. He had one of his cabs, was it a, might have been an E-Grade 2 or something. Yeah. And it was playing Dodon Patchy and it had a fantastic stick. I thought, God, that's gorgeous. So I asked him later on what stick it was. And he says it was a Samoir, either GLF or GLW. J- JLF or JLW, yeah. Sorry, J, sorry, yeah. Yeah, a JLF and a JLW, I think, is the only difference is, is the spring tensions. One's a softer spring, one's a hot, slightly stiffer spring. I'm sure I've had both of them before. And I think yours is that one in the OK Baby. Right. It's it's not a real floppy one. It feels quite nice. Yeah, it's a great stick for shooters, that. Mm. Well, these things look more like gear sticks on a car. They were that long. (laughs) They were ridiculous. 15 mil I took off both of them. 
a lot better now. Also, in the same deal, I bought uh, a bunch of stuff together for quite cheap. I got a bunch of lighty up buttons. Oh, I like it. Some of them have got the, you know, the horrible click of a micro switch standard button. The other ones feel quite soft. So I'll probably mm. keep the soft lighty up ones and just give the other ones to someone else who wants them because I don't like those. I don't like micro switch buttons at all. Really don't like them. Mm. Also, in the same deal came some massive comedy ball tops, like about forty mil diameter. <laughs> They're huge. It's like it's like the operations handles on a JCB digger or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the Time Pilot eighty four, which doesn't work. I bought a Time Pilot eighty four PCB off a Garn UK vac, and he sent it to me. It looks really nice. I plugged it in, doesn't work. I sent a message saying it doesn't work, and I looked back through the the thread where he was selling it, and it did say on there, he took it out about a year ago and it was working then. And he Mm. hadn't checked it since. It is my own fault, really, for not looking. But I really wouldn't have bought it if I'd known it was a non-working. I've got enough non-working PCBs at the moment. I'm going to have to get rid of all of them soon because I've got boxes of the damn things. And I'll just get rid of them to someone for cheap who can fix them and enjoy them themselves. I've had enough of stuff not working lately. I really have. Mm. So what have you been getting? Anything good? I have got a massive, massive pickup pick, but it's not arcade related. Mm. But it cost many thousands of pounds, mm. and it is a new bathroom. How many joysticks has this bathroom got? There's no joysticks. Buttons? It's a nice, there's a nice toilet and a nice shower, which is all I want. But wife wanted all this fancy stuff like wall panels and like cupboards. Do you like know? Bath- do you yeah. know what else? You are a nice toilet. <laughs> but anyway, it looks lovely. It's really nice. And it's it's a pleasure going in in the morning and having a big poo. Oh, good. <laughs> so, the new bathroom gave me another pickup, which is a hole in the wallet. Ooh, and, painful. And no money. A and... punch in the wallet. Oh, ouch, me wallet. And also, I, I did pick up a Raspberry Pi 3 case with a cooling fan. I have not installed the cooling fan because it's quite noisy, and I don't think it's needed on a Raspberry Pi 3 unless you're doing really intensive... Unless you're controlling of... sat- satellites or Russian submarines. Yeah. A lot of the Pi 3s I do see with people put little heat sinks on them, on the main ship. Yeah. Which is sort of a... One way of cooling it. I don't. I don't need a fan. That's a bit extreme, isn't it? Yeah, it's unless you're tiny, overclocking it to madness. Yeah, it's quite cute. So I got it. Anyway, mm. I've had this. Uh, look over there, Vic. I'm pointing. I can look, see. I've had this Raspberry Pi on now for like nine hours, and it's oh. still not that warm. So it's it's not going to blow up or anything. No. What are you playing? Arcade stuff on it. I'm playing something which is the next featured game, so I can't say it. Ooh, I know what it is. Ooh. Ooh. Better <laughs> than this one. Listener feedback. Well, we've had lots of nice feedback from people. Thank you for that, everyone. So we've got Sol, a great podcast, lads. Proper brightens up my week, it does. What about that Ryden gate, eh? I got my school with the Tetris curtains and the fairy. More like the fairy and the beef curtains, yeah? Right, right, am I right? Uh, shuffles off to get his coat. Get your coat, Sol. Get your <laughs> coat, Sol. Get out, it's cold out there. <laughs> Cine Steve, top podcast guys, and great catching with both at Revival, which was a good event. If you're still interested in checking out listeners' pickups, I do have a YouTube channel where I show mine. Admittedly, not as often as I'd like, and not as much arcade as console-related gear, although that might change in a future video, wink wink. And we have put his link on the show notes. 
Nice. Mike Retromash. Hi, guys. Crept into my bedroom while my wife was drifting off to sleep, only to accidentally press a button on my phone that made her wake up with a start to Vic's voice talking at maximum volume about Arcade Hand. Whoops. No one wants to hear about Arcade Hand first thing in the morning, do they? No. Tagster. Really enjoyed the podcast, lags. My commute to work has been great this week. Victor, we'd love to have you on the Arcade Perfect podcast, too. Have a think about a game you'd like to do for the episode. I have... And it's going to be done sometime in July. The game is a secret. Strikers 1945-3. Good pick. No. Oh, okay then. Mr. Super Sprint, a few 10Ps lost in seconds in the 80s was enough for me. Wonderboy was the next cab along. He's on about Zane Selina. Wonderboy yeah. was the next cab along, so I played that instead, and it lasted a bit longer. It does, does have some nice synth riffs, though. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, Bensonrad, just finishing listening to the podcast this morning. Another fab one, chaps. I picked up a PC controller at a boot fair at the weekend, so we're able to play along now to some of the games, including this week's one. Hurrah! Uh, He said, when is this occurring? Mr. Marmite has to go to the seaside to go and pick it up. He's talking about the monitor uh, that Rich Stryker gave me, because Bensonrad gave it to him, and they live quite close to each other, apparently. He said, I Mm. might even let you lovingly glance at my Space Invaders. I wouldn't look lovingly at it. I would steal it. It would happen. I'd just shove him out of the way and steal it. He wouldn't be able to stop me, so it's lucky I didn't go there. Uh, it happened last week, Benson Rad. I took a very fleeting visit to Stryker and went to go and meet up with some chums in Lewis, which is a close-by town. We had a dog with us as well, so we couldn't do much. town called Lewis? Yes, oh. Lewis. It's near Brighton. Oh, he also What's says it? here, at the end, you mentioned a game to play last you forever. Remember you asked that? You were discussing it with some people? Yeah. Uh, there is a game that came out very recently called Swords of Ditto, PC and PS4. Quoting from Wiki, players take control of a randomly generated hero character that is tasked with defeating an enemy known as Mormo within a certain amount of time. The game has a cyclical structure for iterative playthroughs. The main adventure repeats with a new character in an altered world once the time limit has elapsed. It's a pretty cool game, and you can just keep on playing it. Playing it. So my brother tells me, who made it? Oh, so this is Benson nice. Rad's brother's game. We'll put a link in the show notes for it, Benson Rad. Have you heard of roguelikes? Have you heard of those? I roguelikes. have. Yeah, they're randomly generated games, aren't they? So no mm. game's ever the same. Have you played the original Rogue? No, it's a it's a text ASCII game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah oh, I'm not into fasc- those old things. I was fascinated by it a long time ago. A, a version of it on the Amiga I was fascinated by called Larn L A R N. Very mm. good game. Anyway, oh, Matt Holiday. AKA Neo MK. Great entertaining podcasts on Ride and Tetris Curtains. If you have collected the fairy after you die, the fairy reappears. You must then shoot the poor deer for her to drop extra power ups. It's cruel, but she doesn't seem to mind. It's damn unfair, though, that no p- full power is given when playing on your own. Well, I haven't seen one in three levels, and I never did either. No, I think it's just when you continue. Mm. It's really weird how that game had totally different mechanics to losing your power-ups. I've, I've got a feeling it's got to be difficulty setting related. I haven't had time to get in that cab and change the difficulty settings on my Ryzen PCB to try it. Or maybe it's just another no, ROM type, I don't know. I just think they're different ROMs because you look at the, the amount of Ryzen 2 ROMs, there's like 12, and they're, di- they're all different. Yeah, Ryzen and 1 is not so many, but there is lots of Ryzen 2s. Yeah, and the enemies are a place differently and yeah it's mm. oh, i don't know if they just keep tweaking it or changing it for different territories mm. anyway matt goes on to say nice game selection with zane no tell sean, <laughs> tell sean it was me with a piece of paper at revival it was it was matt 
You now have someone to blame. I knew it. I didn't know. I forgot. I came across this game a few times back in the day, but it was always the Zane version. Although the home, all the home conversions are all dire in my opinion. They were called Soldier of Light. Did any arcade version exist? The slowdown in the game actually helps at times and can be seen in another Technos game, Double Dragon. Released not long after this one, similar hardware. Yeah, yeah, Double Dragon has slowed down. It's got famously, terrible slowdown. Yeah, that's yeah. why I don't like Double Dragon. And he's put, keep up the good work. Mm, thank you. Lewis Batcave, a question. Out of all the reviews, which game would you review again? Games I've discovered and loved through the podcast, Strikers 1945-3, Space Harrier, Juno First, Centipede, Moon Patrol, Flicky, Lunar Rescue, Time Pilot, Wonder Boy, Bosconian, and Jumping Jack. And the one that I would review again, I think, yeah. I would go with Bosconian, actually, because you and Alex played it and I didn't play it. And I'd like to play Bosconian and get a damn good score on it on the podcast. I could see your reason there. I wouldn't, Lewis, I wouldn't like to review any games again because we've done it. I just want to do more games and discover mm. some nice ones, actually. But oh, those, those games, I do enjoy a lot of the ones you, I just read out, like Bosconian. I do I play it nowadays, so I do keep playing it. And there's nothing mm. I'd really like to say about them anymore. We covered them quite well, I think, back then. But maybe play them as a competition at Arcade Club one time or at a meeting. Yes, definitely. would love to do that. That'd More of good. that would be nice. Yeah, and little, little prizes maybe. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I would love to play uh, slightly friendly competitions with those games. Mm. Definitely. Just sli- slightly friendly, not really friendly. Well, cuddly. <laughs> Sal Bug, hiya Sal. He always sends us an email. And he, he always puts some great stuff in the email. And one put, one thing he put was, I was wondering if pausing is allowed in your games. Is that considered a big no-no in Tempe land? I, I didn't pause when I got my high score, but in one of, in one of my other games, it evoked, it evoked such a strong feeling of going to the toilet that I had to pause. It's not about Zane Selina. Anyway, please let me know. I don't want to be cheating and want to follow the rules. So I... I do pause games, but I can't remember ever pausing a game where I got a high score. Do you know what I mean? It really doesn't matter, mate. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you like. As long as you're not pausing it, maybe you've got a a puzzle game, for instance, and you're pausing it to see where to shoot a balloon next or do something next. That's sort of cheating. Mm. You won't be able to do it in the arcade. But if you're just pausing to go to the toilet, sort the kids out, let the dog out, go and get grab something to eat, some biscuits, that's absolutely fine. We don't care. It's there's no there's no real benefit to pausing, I don't think. But using mm. save states to practice, yes. But actually using them in, in a score is cheating. Mm. If you're just using it to practice different levels, to jump to a level, that's absolutely fine. But when you do a high score for this competition, please just play it through like you would in an arcade. You know, without cheats on, without auto fire, all that sort of stuff. You you know what to do. And pausing is absolutely fine, though. I reckon. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Bill Wellham, Stereo Deluxe. Hello, Victor and Sean. Really enjoyed the last two podcasts, especially the coverage at Revival. It was good to meet both of you guys for the first time. I had a little chat with Sean and a brief hello to Victor outside. I know you won't remember me though. This year's Revival was definitely the best event I've been to. Everyone is just so friendly and a great selection of cabs. My personal favourite was Sheriff, which I played. All the time back in the Golden Age, South End on Sea and Blackpool. I managed to get top of the Juno first high score until I noticed later that Sean had smashed it with some ridiculous score. Still trying to beat the first level in this month's game. 
Just can't get used to the jump controls. Also, haven't worked out which planet is easiest yet. I shall try to post my score on Twitter if I get a tad better. With my first monthly game score, as I've been catching up behind your podcast until now. Keep it the good work, chaps. Thank you. Shout out. I must shout out to Rich Chunkson for doing that PC and actually sending it to me because I missed him at the end of Revival when I was going to pick it up because I had to wait back when we were doing those talks. So... A resonant Ooh, ping. Resonant ping. I do like a resonant and ping. And another one. Thank you to Benson Rad and Stryker for that 29-inch monitor. And I've got to say thank you to them as them too as well because it's for me really, isn't it? Yep. Best intentions though. Thank you guys. Yes, thank you very much. And a shout out to Alex Nintendo Arcade for reigniting the love for Skyskipper and it's got to be something that Nintendo have noticed I think and so have, yeah, and have put on the Switch got to it can't be a coincidence that. he was round the other night come round to see yep. me yeah it's nice nice I'll have a chat to Alex it's brilliant oh lordy a new segment Vic yes Sean I've created a new bit of the podcast oh if it no. wasn't it's not singing it is it if it wasn't long enough already it's called Curio Corner. Do you like it? And it's it? just you sat in a corner. I could call it Curious Corner. That's better, isn't it? Anyway, mm. a look into the more into the more obscure games, cabinets, and stories from the arcade world. So just weird, weird crap that goes on. <sighs> Not ghosts. You look like a ghost. Oh. Anyway, this time we are going to look at. I am going to look at Nichibutsu developed mid eighties shoot 'em ups. Very specific. I started digging into this after Alpha One Ollie mentioned Armed Formation F a few weeks ago, which is a bit like it was a bit like Terra Crusher, and I thought, oh, I bet there's a few more games like that, and there is. Mm. Here we go. So Nichibutsu, I don't know how you say it properly. They did Moon Cresta and Terra Crusher. That's the most famous games, 1981 and 85. Yeah. And then they have this big bag of Japanese weirdness that come after. I don't think we saw many of these or any of them in the West. You've got UFO Robo Dangar, 1986 game, which is which is an actual sequel to Terra Cresta. Yeah, I recognise that name. Yeah, very similar bosses, and I think this has been released on the Switch or somewhere recently. Ooh. You've got a massive mech. Oh, I like a massive mech. Can power up and split into three mini ships, and it's got the formation button, so you press it and you get your mini ships. Mm. Soldier Girl Amazon. This is a bit weird. 1986. It's a commando-like push scroller. I call it a push scroller. So you run at the screen with your character, and then it scrolls. Yeah. It's Amazon jungle themed, and this this description's from Mame. It says your mission is to recapture the men. You, you desperately need to save the only race of giant womankind from extinction. Wow. So you're a massive Amazon now. Okay. So you're going from massive mech to massive Amazon. Mighty Guy, 1986, another commando-like game, and it's another push-scrolling game, and you start with only punch and kick. You have no bullets until you pick up a weapon. Oh, okay. That is weird. Never heard of it. No. I started filtering through MAME and, and looking at websites and stuff for this lot. Ninja Imaki. I have heard E-M- of that one. E-M-A-K-I, Imaki, Imaki. 1986, an eight-way firing game, and you're on a cloud, and it's still scrolling, and you collect scrolls like the monkey Netflix, go- Netflix show, which is based on the Journey to the West yep. legend. And I think it's very similar kind of theme to that. And you have temporary selectable boosted firepower. So if you pick up a scroll, 
you can then select from eight weapons on a bar at the bottom. Oh, nice. That's a, I think I've played this, and I think I like it. And that it one is of, in our listener lists. I'm sure it is. Ah, oh, could be. Mm. So that's based in ancient China. This is one I'd never heard of. Legion Spinner 87, a 1987 game. A more traditional shoot-em-up with standard firing bomb controls. You seem to be a little man in a hover car, and you fly under the background trees. That's a very weird mechanic. Oh. So you think you're going to fly over the trees because you're in a hover car, but you go under them. Okay. Anyway, this is next one, Terror Force, a 1987 game, which is a sequel to UFO Robo Dangar. So it's like Mooncrester 4, really. Right. It's a horizontal shoot 'em up underworld section, and then you get go in a little thing that flashes in, and you go to a vertical section. Mm. That's the overworld. There's no formation buttons this time, but I'm beginning to notice large uses of the colour brown in Nichibutsu backgrounds. Nichibutsu brown. There's everything like there's lots of sand, mud, and desert, and that. Yeah, this uh, this game we're reviewing this week is uh, got a lot of brown in it, hasn't it? Maybe. It's made of brown. <laughs> armed formation or armed formation F, nineteen eighty eight game. The F button, the formation button is back. Woohoo! It's very weird. This game, the, the backgrounds are really varied. I only played the, only got to level three. And there's an insect stage, a bone stage, and it's quite yes, yeah, interesting. This is the one that all Alpha One was on about that he's trying to get a PCB for. Hmm. And one more, Sky Robo from 1989, which is a horizontal shooter, a futuristic military theme, trademark graphical style from Nichibut. So you can scroll the screen up and down a bit, which is a bit weird. And it's got a transform button again. It must be something that they're well into. So you can transform into a big robot transformer thing. Mm. And then you can shoot eight ways while the screen is scrolling. It's strange, but it kind of works. Mm. And I'll tell you what else I found, Vic. Lots of weird moon games that are not emulated, you know, like Moon Crest or is this, Moon Alpha. This is where you pull your trousers down and show your bottom. No, that's not that mooning. kind of mooning. Oh, okay. moon, mooning on the crest. There's a Moon Crester, there's Moon Alpha, Moon Base, Moon Pulsar, Moon Raker, Moon Tracker, and Moon Trek that are not yet emulated. They really like the moon, don't they? They do, and these were all released really in really quick succession, like seventy nine to eighty one. So Nichibutsu, they had like a a big boost of stuff. They did loads of mahjong games in the mid eighties, but they've got all mm. these weird shooters, and I think they were just tweaking the formula. But I think Terra Cresta and Moon Cresta are there, are there like pride and joy, you know, the, the the best ones. So are all these games in Mame, or are they undumped for Mame? All them ones that I said are in Mame. Oh, okay. I'll have to try some of them out, because they look a bit weird. Yeah, I think the one I like the best was that Armed Formation F. I yeah. think that's really good. That looks really good. <gasps> and finally, check out Istazora Tenshi, produced by a company called Alice and distributed by Nichibutsu. It's a cupid up Not a stupid up Imagine Bosconian yes. in an eight, eight-way scroll in space scape. Yeah. And and you see little stars, and you join these stars together, and they become constellations. Okay. You get a couple of them, you're like a little baby in pants. Right. <laughs> That's where it gets weird, yeah. That's the, This is the Cupid bit. You, you get a few of them, and you get a bow. You get the bow, and you fire in arrows. Right. It's very, very weird. Is that in MAME as well? It is in MAME, and I wish it wasn't, but it is. Oh, I'll have a look at that later. <laughs> yeah. Best games by year.
We are now in 1986. We have caught up with RGDS Podcast, who originally started this off on their podcast by reviewing years. We are just yeah. doing arcade games from the year, and this year, 1986. These are what we think are the most important or best-selling games of mm. my list. I know I've done this. Mm. You know. <laughs> mm. 720 Degrees from Atari. It's a stunt game, and I've never liked stunt games like Tony Hawk's and that. I like Tony Hawk's. I really like the original. Yeah, I really like the Tony Hawk's games. I quite like Dave Mirror BMX on the PS2 as well, or Dreamcast thing I've been playing on. But I cannot stand 720 Degrees. I hate it. I even hate the cabinet. It's a horrible looking thing. But it's highly it's like, collectible. Yeah. It's like a 2,000 like, quid cab. God. They're really expensive. I just, I really can't. I didn't like the game on the Spectrum or the Commodore 64 back in the day when they ported it. I've never liked it. I just don't like it at all. I don't think I like anything with combos in that kind of like fighters with combos and stunt games where you have to press loads of things to do. Like yeah, you, just use random, you just randomly press buttons to get scores. That's the easy way. That's the fun yeah. way of playing it. You don't have yeah. to do that. Anyway, Alcon stroke slap fight from Taito. Toa Plan flexes its shooting up muscles. Toa Plan was getting into its stride with this game. Really like this shooter. Used to play slap fight on the Spectrum as a kid. Really good version. Arkanoid from Taito, Breakout for the 1980s. Same as the above. I didn't know this was an actual arcade game until I played it at a service station, a gas station, when I was on Army Cadet Camp when it was about 14 years old. Ew. I've always thought it was just a Spectrum Commodore 64 Amstrad game. The C64 version, I remember being really good, actually. I'd, I'd have to have a look at it again. It is, yeah. It's really nice. Mm. Bubble Bubble from Taito again everybody's favourite platformer well, I've just written here classic, classic, classic yeah Super Sprint and Champion Sprint Championship Sprint from Atari they're, they're out in the same year that was Super Spr- that was Sprint from the 70s I think they've re- remixed it and it's out in the 80s it's another good one a proper racing game for me that is top down racing game just whiz around the track Four, uh, three players I think on some of the cabs you could play at the same time Mm-hmm. Darius from Taito again. They're on fire, Taito, this year. Something smells fishy, I put. <laughs> this is a three-screen cabinet. It had the two end screens, the left and right ones, were actually mounted in the cab, and the middle one was mounted in the bottom of the cab and used a mirror, like a half mirror, to project it so you didn't have any lines in between the three. It had a really long screen. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you just use an extra long, wide screen, wouldn't they? But back then, it was a really ingenious way of doing it. Really collectible cabinet, that is, now as well. Good game. Mm. Really good game. Nice. Enduro Racer from Sega, one of the sprite scaling games. Meh, but better than Hang On because you can do wheelies on it. I like Hang On. I really I really enjoy Hang On. I like Hang On. I like doing wheelies. <laughs> Here's some you missed, actually. I've put in the middle. Fantasy mm. Zone. Uh, super cutesy shoot, which I really got into. We did Fantasy Zone 2, didn't we, a while ago? It was two, yeah, it was two, but Fantasy Zone's just a good game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gauntlet 2, same again, but some nice additions like the dragon. <laughs> and yet, oh, you had little different baddies in that as well, which was quite good, and different yeah. um, things that happened in, in the mazes. And you missed Halley's Comet, which I call Holly's Comet. That's a travesty. You like that game? I do like it. I don't think it was very influential or anything. What's to you? Yeah, I did. Like, actually, it was. It, it had loads of. I think I remember saying on the review at the time there was loads of bullets on it. That's hundreds you liked of bullets. It. Yeah. Anyway, Ikari Warriors from SNK. SNK 
dials up the action. Do you get it? Because they're dials. They're like little spinny top sticks. The dial up the action, Vic. <laughs> yeah. I never bother with this. I find the controls fiddly, rather like Sheriff. I find Sheriff controls fiddly as well. Yeah, I didn't like it really, any yeah, carry warriors, but a load of people did. Mm. Iron Horse from Konami. This is just as good a game as Green Bertie, which is a top ten game for me, as is this one. Love it. It is it is a great game. The fantastic, the immortal, the perfect <laughs> outrun from Sega. Meh. Everybody knows I'd walk past an outrun all day long. If it was the only arcade cabinet that was on in an arcade, I'd walk out the arcade. I just don't I just can't be bothered with it. I just don't care about Outrun. It's just not a game I really enjoy. But I know loads of people do, and it's really well done. It's a really nicely done game. Just not yeah. interesting to me. Yep. Next one, Rampage from Bally Midway. This is daft fun, especially with three players playing on the same cab at the same time. Mm. Silly, but brilliant. Yeah. Rolling Thunder from Namco, the lanky-legged gets. It's just awful. Clunky and annoying. But it has got good music, though. I do like it. I've oh, got a why? Soft spot. It's just crap. It's like a poor version of Shinobi. There is something about it. It's it's like this game we're going to review in a minute. It it could be a lot better with a few tweaks, but it's still got enough to keep me playing. I think. Poor man, Shinobi. That's what I call it. <laughs> Rygar, one of my favourites from Techno. Yep, yep. I said an okay game, but a favourite of my co-host. Hmm. Salamander from Konami, one of their sort of Gradius in the Gradius series. I, th- I think they're all quite good, even though I'm not into the power-up system. Destroy them all. A lovely shooty with slowdown, which we let slide for some reason on this game. Don't mind mm. the slowdown on this one. Sidearms from Capcom. I never gave this game much time, actually. Um, Rich Stryker has a nice Taito converted cab of this, which I saw the other week when I was down at his place. Lovely looking thing. Mm. Sky Kid Deluxe, which I either didn't know existed or I forgot existed, is from Namco, and you love it, don't you? I do. Um, they remixed some of the levels of the original game, added a few bits. I think there's another two levels on it, maybe two or four levels, uh, like snow levels, and they basically just revamped the game a little bit. I think the the sound is upgraded as well. And if I ever got hold of a Rolling Thunder PCB, I think you can convert it into a Sky Kid Deluxe, and I definitely would. Wow. Mm. Uh, Solomon's Key, you missed out. Remember we did that? Mm-hmm. Ace Puzzler, yep. I played to death on a Spectrum as a kid. Loved that game. I like the graphics, but not the game, unfortunately. Oh, I like both of them. And we had a handful of Nintendo versus series games this year, like Super Mario Brothers versus Super Mario Brothers and versus Gradius. Quite a few this year. Yeah, they're all great NES versions, but they're tweaked for the arcade. They're not the same as the NES versions. They look the same, but they are different. Mm. This is a really good football game in cocktail form. Tekken World, no. World Cup. It's a very easy-to-play trackball football <sighs> game with one button. Meh. And the, t- the title screen does say 85, but it is 86. Who cares? It's football, or however it's pronounced. Are you watching the World Cup, Vic? It's been fantastic World what? so far. With, with, them, with them men kicking no, summer no. around towards I don't, a... No. I think summit's happening anyway. It's like kicking balls around or something. I don't know, but people are loving it. I've just ignored everything you just said. Continue. <laughs> 
teed off from Tecmo. I I first put this up at the first golf game with the trackball, and then I started looking into it because you have to really, you have to do a bit of research because you don't want to sound stupid, like um like you. I do something. Yeah. Anyway, but it's not the first trackball golf game. No. There was a golf golf game called Birdie King from Taito, and there's a few sequels to that in 1982. And it, it takes place, it's very primitive, it takes place on a single screen and you roll the trap ball and it throws the golf, the golf, uh, what's the it called? The glove. The glove Racket, is it? I don't know. But this te- teed off is a lot nicer looking version of that. So uh, we need to take that off the list. Teed off is not important. Glof. Glof. What is your problem, Holly? Glof. Bah. Yeah. And <sighs> finally, the lovely... Wonder Boy from Seeger. Excellent platformer, but not for me with its slippery mechanics. Yeah. I, I, I realise it's a very good game, but I just cannot play it. So there is, as usual from me, some 1986 bummers. <laughs> uh, Jailbreak. It's just a bad game. This was the same year, or the same few years, as Green Beret, Iron Horse, such real hard hitters from Konami. And they brought out Jailbreak. It's just bad. Boring gameplay, crap speech unworkable movements because you've got like a weird plane you can you can travel along and you don't really know where your bullets are going it's a horrible game is it a side scrolling beat-em-up no it's a side scrolling sort of shoot you can shoot at the baddies it's just all the baddies are exactly the same they're guys with stripy trousers on i think they're red and blue ones uh, it's a prison thing i have played it's not good at all i hate it such a horrible game i think i gave it away the board i had uh spelunker 2 awful game how did Spelunker get so many sequels? This is the game. If you fall off a ladder from any height, you die. Mm. It's that rubbish a game. Do you know what happened to me the other week? Do you fall off a ladder from any height I and you fe- died? I, fe- I fell off an- a ladder of one inch height and died. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Mm. Uh, Gladiator. This is the clunkiest one on one fight I've ever seen or had the misfortune to play back in the day. I hated it when it came out in the arcades as a kid. It's really, it's got really huge sprites, but it's really slow and clunky. It's just a horrible game. It's really nasty. Don't like this the look is, of it. This is one of Toa Plan's fails, I think. It is was it, a Toa is Plan. Is it Toa Plan? Yeah, yeah. You're joking me. And it was called something else. I can't remember what they called it. But yeah, it's oh. Gladiators. Something else. Yeah, it's I bad. did not know that. It's not great. Huh. Oh, God, it's such a bad game. I didn't know Toa Plan had done that. What is wrong with you, Toa Plan? It's a really nasty game. Yeah, when when Ooh, they stuck to feel shooters, dirty thinking about really, it. Yeah, they really shined when they stuck to shooters, but not that. And the probably the worst game from 1986, Zane de Slina. <laughs> Could be. So, what is your number one pick for 1986? Mine is Wonder Boy, very closely followed by Rygar. Wonder Boy. Uh, mine is. Obviously, Sky Kid Deluxe. Yeah, mm. really like because I like Sky Kid so much. And I like this version as well. They're both brilliant. You like it? Mm. It's arcade quiz time, Mister Holly. Mm. I have an insanely difficult quiz for you. Oh Christ! Go on. It's not that difficult. Some of them are quite easy, actually. I think you will get them. I'm not going mad because you just be like, no, 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 no. We don't want that, do we? No. Let me get... Is it two minutes we give you? At five, I think. We no, agreed you don't need on, five we? minutes. You need two we minutes. Need. Two minutes. Five, five minutes with a tea break. For biscuits. Right, your two minutes start now, Mr Holly. 
What is the protagonist's name in Commando? Super Joe. Yes. Whoa. Who manufactured clowns? Exidy. Midway. What kind of game is Zoo by Taito? It's got three O's. Platformer. Puzzle game. Puzzle matching game. How many points would a Galaxian flagship gain you in Pac-Man? 2,000. Yes! What was Cave's first published arcade game? Donpachi. You're on fire, Mr. Holly. What are you described as if you get the high score on Qbert? <laughs> oh, I don't know, King, something like that. Oh, no, a supreme Go. noser. <laughs> How am I supposed to know that? What Go control on. system does Kroll use? Twin stick. Correct. What region are grey CPS two top boards from? Japan. Asia. Mm, Sort of right, but more specifically Asia. Who manufactured the Canary Candy Cabinet? The Canary. One minute 35. Jalico. Nope, Taito. Name an arcade game with just three numbers as its title, and there are two. 005. For a bonus point, do you know the other one? Ten seconds. No, I don't. Seven 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 is the one. No, that's seven 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 Tomahawk. The other one oh. is six hundred, which is a version of Turtles. Turtles. Oh. So, Mister Holly, you got one, two, three, four, four out of ten. Five. So you got five. You got five. I must have got nine. Did not get nine. No, you got five out of ten. I tell you. I tell you what, Vic. Mister Fifty Percent. Via the <laughs> via the magic of our podcasting, if we just delete that bit and do it again, I could get them all. You could, but we're not going to do that. You probably wouldn't remember. Who manufactured clowns? XD. It's Midway. <laughs> <laughs> You're rubbish, Holly. Anyway, five out of ten. That's not bad, because they're not easy questions. Mm, it's not bad. But they weren't that hard, actually. I think we should do them at that level. Featured game review. Right, shall I just give out a quick? Oh dear. <laughs> yes. This game is called Zaned Selena. In Japan, Solar Warrior in the US, Soldier of Light in the UK. Three names, all terrible. From Technos 1986, controlled by an eight-way stick and two buttons. You've got jump, jump some more, and fire. We've got double jump in this game, which doesn't help. Uh, the hardware uses two M6809 CPUs and another M6809 for the sound CPU. Uses a mouldy lump of cheese as the game code. <laughs> that is a fact. I read it on crazykong.com. Yeah. Yeah, it does explain a lot. Mm-hmm. How to play. Five planets of varied terrains. Pick pick in any order. It's left to right scrolling shooter with platforming elements. You shoot Rob, uh, not Roberts. You robots. do shoot, shoot Roberts. 
Roberts dodge all the other things on the screen like crevasses, holes, geezers, natural stuff, all that kind of sort of terrain stuff. Fight end of level bosses and sometimes mid level bosses. Set a bomb on the planet when you get to the end. Take off in your ship. After every planet, there's a very basic horizontal uh, shoot 'em up section. One has a big boss at the end. Destroy all five planets and then you're transported to the final planet to complete the game. You can shoot left and right, you can crouch, you can lie down, and you can do a double jump. Increase firepower by shooting the silver cretins with four or five different weapons throughout the game. A strict timer counts down during the level, meaning you have to keep moving to the next checkpoint for a time boost. But the checkpoints are not specific. You don't know where they are. It's it's very weird. You just you get to a point and you, your time goes back up to a minute. Oh. You have a damage gauge which is spelt wrong in the Western version. So you can sustain a few bullets before dying, but cer- but touching certain enemies will kill you, like those idiots with the swords. There is no way to restock your damage gauge. You can't, you can't sort of get health or anything. Did you know that's how an American spell gauge, G-A-G-E? Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. And we spell it with the Queen's English, G-A-U-G-E, Gauge. The Americans have got a point there. Yeah, we we are really weird on some spellings, aren't we? Yeah, we'd like to put U's in everywhere. Why not? Mm. Anyway, this next section's called Holly's Having a Moan. Oh, 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 stop. I'll join in. I'll join in. Don't you worry. Right. Here we go. This game, you don't know what power-up you are going to get. I've read somewhere that you cycle through the power-ups, but that is not the case. It is random. How are you supposed to remember them if you're cycling through them? What's the yeah. first one going to be then? Yeah, but it's it's not true anyway. It's, Do you know what this random. is, Mr. Holly? Rubbish. Mm-hmm. Carry on. All the all the power ups are all right. They they add something. They're, they're not like crap. Like the, there's a couple in Ghouls and Ghosts that were bad, weren't they? They actually yeah. took away from Weird the gameplay. Ones, These yeah. are all okay. You don't know where in a stage you'll be given more time. Why is there not like a a, a ping or a, a a marker or something? <laughs> Do you know what that is, <laughs> Mr. Holly? More... Rubbish. It's got more slowdown than a bad Neo Geo game. Do you know what that is, Mr. Holly? You're going to get the idea of this before long. Yes. (laughs) You can't shoot above you. Why can you not shoot above you when enemies are above you? You can jump to shoot and do a double jump to shoot, but you can't shoot straight up. Mm. You could say about a lot of games, though, couldn't you? Yeah, it would be better, that, because it would make it a fairer game, because there's a lot of unfairly placed enemies, I think. Absolutely. Yes, there's no finesse to it. It just bombards you with poorly placed, overpowered enemies, and the jumping is a bit rubbish. Pointless. This is a really a bad video games physics thing for me. Where if you press jump and jump again, you jump straight up in the air, and when you're in the air, you can't go left or right to jump forward or back. Mm. You have to be pressing left or right on the joystick whilst you jump to do a jump diagonally. If you know what I mean. And that is really poor, because sometimes you get stuck on, on terrain. Yeah. And I also noticed, I, I didn't play very much this game at all. I really didn't. But I played, because you pick your levels at the start, and I went on to the second level, and there's a bit in it where a guy comes from behind you in a sort of rocket ship kind of thing, shooting at you diagonally. You can't get out of the way of the bullets. Mm. You have to get hit before he goes past you, before you can shoot him. Because if you, you can't really turn around quick enough to shoot him, because he comes quite quickly in the screen. 
you, you can slow down and he goes past you, then you jump behind him. Oh, really? It's just, oh, it didn't seem very fair. No, yeah. And when you get hit, you can get bounced between enemies taking hits because you can get oh, hit. Oh, my God, that's annoying. And you get knocked backwards or forwards. And some of them, you know, if you're hit by a bomb, as like if you're walking down the street and you're hit by a bomb, that's you would get knocked. Happens, yeah. You get knocked backwards, but some of these draw you forwards. Oh. Very weird. So you, you sort of bounce between baddies and you die. Ugh, I, that in games is poor. If if there's mm. a case where the code allows that to happen, what they should do is give your character a, a second or two invulnerability so you can get yourself away from getting hit again. That's what most mm. games do. And I, I don't think that would be too difficult to implement in code if you were a coder. Yeah. Yeah. If you die on the very basic horizontal sections, they are quite basic. There's no kind of, I don't know, like finesse, like I said before. It's I never saw them. Throw, throw a load of baddies at you. And they're all the same, like three or four baddies, whichever section you do. Mm. You go back to start a level if you die, which I don't like that. Oh, no. And there's some archways on a couple of the levels, like these mud archways that you can't see in, and there's baddies hiding behind and they kill you. Yep. There's one underwater level which doesn't look like it's underwater. It just looks like a normal level. But there's like it just got a few puddles. It's got squids. I like a squid. You like a squid? I like a squid, but not in a puddle. It's not clear on when you're on some levels and you just drop down to the the bit below. You die. Yes. You don't know if you're going to die or if there is a floor below you. That is not good. This put me off the game very early on. It's very unfair, and it killed it for me in the first five minutes mm. mm-hmm. and a couple of more things i'm having a right moan here sikio games we'll talk about sikio games have an adaptive difficulty setting where if you start on level three it's easier than starting on the level three after finishing level one two three it gets it ramps up yeah but if you start what i call level three so the third planet it's just as hard oh right as as if you started it wherever that they don't change. So if you started on planet five, which is over to the right of the screen, when you pick your planets, it's it's still as hard. You know when you start in the game. That's going to be rubbish value, value for money as well, isn't it? Because mm. you might be able to finish the game. I presume if you start on level five, you do the level and then do the very end level. That's the game done. You can do it very quickly. Or do you have to go back to one, two, three, and four as well? No, yeah, you have to do them all. Oh, that's even worse, isn't it? That's just awful. Why bother mm, putting I, it in so you can choose your level when it's going to make you do them all anyway? You might as well just do one, two, three, and four. I do like it that you can pick different levels. I think that's a good idea because... Yeah, it gives you a bit of a change, I suppose. Yeah, a bit of variety, yeah. But if it's difficult, well, you know, it's a bit silly, isn't it? And this is very weird. I know we don't use continues when we're going for a score, but I was just trying to credit through it. And you have to press player two... Player two start to continue. To, Why? To... Why can't we just <laughs> do it to one? If you put a load of coins very... in and you've got credits, just press start as normal. Because some weird. cabinets, like candy cabs, don't have two players. They're only one player cabs. You wouldn't be able to continue. Mm. You just wouldn't be able to mm. do it. And there are places that you can point press, which we will talk about. Mm. I didn't care to. Apart from all that, it's a nice game. It's shovelware. Mm. That's the most insulting thing I can say about it. It's shovelware. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think they've put a lot, lot of effort into the graphics. I think they farted it out on a Thursday afternoon. 
<laughs> but the gameplay is, is is just not there. Anyway, yeah, yeah, graphics and sound. I think, yeah, they're pretty good. I would be quite, quite impressed watching the attract, squ- attract screen, which I never did, back in 1986. Well, the attract mode is also bad. They should have put more effort into the game rather than the throwaway stuff at the start you don't really need. I think it looks like an Amiga game. And for me, that isn't a good thing. And I like 16-bit art styles. It's just not very nice looking. You're not into your Amiga art, are you? No, not really. But I like other 16-bit art. But this game, it's just the sprites aren't very big. They're not very well coloured. They're a bit clunky the way they move. Just don't like the graphics. Just don't like it. I quite like it. Well done, actually. (laughs) Cabinet art, nothing. Now... Just a kit, I presume. The Japanese mm. flyer is really nice. The space geezer in it looks like something from Battle of the Planets. He's got one of those sort of clear helmets on with the visors. Mm. They've nicked that idea as well. Uh, trivia. There is a bit of trivia on this. This is a fact. The game yes. was released in time for the Festival of Dogda in Japan in 1986, where people celebrate stuff that should be neglected and isn't very good. It was a clear winner there. <laughs> Festival of Dogda. This is from RGDS Kingy, who loves this game. He's put, Ron Bruce remade this game for the PC to address the slowdown. Great playing it without that. So there is a link to a a proper working version of Zane Sleener, if you want it, kids. Why why did someone bother to do that? Do you know, I think... Anyway, in the conclusion to this review, I will will say what I think. Anyway, port sequels and legacies released as Soldier of Light on the Amiga Amstrad Arcade. Arcade? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Atari Mm -hmm. ST, Commodore, MSX and ZX Spectrum. Weirdly, though, this is odd. I checked out the Amiga version on YouTube and it actually looks a better game than the arcade version. It's more colourful. It's a little bit faster and better suited to a home system, I reckon. Nice. Which is weird, an Amiga version being better than the arcade. That never happens. Nope. Okay, we're coming to the tricky, tricky version of the uh, of the scores. I'm just checking how many. We're at 35 players. Why? What's wrong with these which, people? Which is not as many as normal, to be honest. You could say uh, there's 34 players, because I did not put a score in. I, this, I just could not be bothered. The game annoyed me so much... I couldn't get into it. It was just bad. Well, it's 37 with us. Today, no. So. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. So you haven't played, but you got no points. Wah, wah. <laughs> Ed, one of Ed's people, shall we call him Horse? Like Ed Horse's people. Should we call him well, Horse? This like is Luke, Luke one of Ed's people, because Ed is his own person. He is. So this is Luke, this is one of Ed's guys, 15,200. It's his own man with his own whiteboard. Absolutely. Where he writes all the scores. Larry Horse. Larry! They call him Horse. Larry Horse, 29,800. Steve Tyke, 50,550. Some weird symbols indicating he did not like it, I think. He's put, he did a picture and put loads of symbols on it. And mm, it is some weird I wonder stuff. what that means. I don't know. Ian Cullen, 62,400. No. And he sent us a photo of him removing it from his main favourites list. <laughs> That's my kind of thing, that is. I approve. Uh, Paul Higgins, 63,200. I have struggled with this game, but I do like it. Paul, sit in the corner and have a word with yourself. <laughs> Ross Ross, 64,700. An odd one, this. Like the look of it, the run and gun bits are fun, but couldn't get the hang of the bloody awful jumping platform bits. 
Absolutely. Buller, 69,500. Absolute bobbins. Just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, they throw an awful attempt at a horizontal shmup. <sighs> harumph. You've not done a harumph for a bit, have you? I've been doing lots lately. Stacy King, 85,100. Not had much time to play this week due to watching lots of E3 stuff from the past week. Have you watched any E3? No, don't give a damn about it. It's all sequels. It's just tons of don't sequels. Care. Okay. I've only had two sessions with this game. First, I, didn't, I, really, I really didn't like it. Second, I like it a bit more, but the controls are not responsive and suck dog eggs. Uh, Nick Silversmurfer, 91,280. Like playing 8-bit Halo, too bouncy-bouncy, not for me. It is a bit like 8-bit Halo, isn't it? Paul McCaskey, 92,960. Not sure about this one. I think maybe the emulation is bad, as there is a lot of slowdown and jerkiness. Some of the music and graphics are okay. It's not emulation, apparently. It's it, apparently it like that, yeah. Yeah, it did play like this. Uh, Damien IW, 97,090. Um, why did I pump money into this back in the day? Marble Madness was next to it and shared my money much better. Mm. Michael Liss, 104,710. There's a half-decent game hidden in there somewhere behind the slowdown and the crappy jumping. Bill Wellham, uh, 106,550. Flipping tough game for me. Only just worked out how to kill the first boss easily. Can improve. This is Sol. Can you do Sol's? I better do Sol. 112,750. Yeah. 112, <laughs> this was better when I was 10 year old, 97 years ago. So were Wambars and Saturday morning TV. It's no Turk on the nose. <laughs> Trollnads, 120,100. Another go at it just to get a score in his put. Uh, Chris Moon, Chris the Bootleg, 132,150. I've heard mention of this game several times before. Currently glad I've never tried playing it. Mm. Steve Horse, 138,000. Uh, Anna Horse, 140,930. Charlie Farr, 153,700. He's not called it Zamed Sleena. He's called it Blamed Listener. Lovely game, he's put dot, dot, dot. He's being very sarcastic. He is. Matthew Bridge, 165,050. First impressions were bad, but it's not awful once you get into it. Yes, it is. Tactical Giles, 224,740. I actually used to play this game back in the day in Ormskirk, indoor market. In my defence, it was the only cab there. Uh, I wouldn't play arcade games. That was only a game there. Mark Happy Dude, 242,210. I decided to give this game a good play. I have to admit it's not as bad as I first thought. And then the screen froze while I still had two lives left. Now I think the game sucks. Oh. Tagster, 295,110. No point pressing from me. It's not in the spirit of fun gameplay. Nearly did level 3, 10 P score. I hope point pressers get trolled by troll nads. Uh, Kingy, 306,500. John Horse, 339,600. Mr. 20-5, Young Neil, 398,100. Complete enough for guff. Removed from main list. Just a minute. Bri- nice one, Neil. <laughs> Brian Haribo, 478,500. Awful. This is no way it got into the arcades. I could write a better game than this. I'm giving pings to people who hate it. Uh, Sal Bugalarissi, 490,050. This game... Is absolute shit. The slowdowns are completely unacceptable. Did they not notice this when they play tested it? Mm. That's for using a swear. Well done, Sal. Right, I have got me seven hundred fifty-four thousand five hundred by point pressing. Do you know what I did? 
You pressed points. I did the first two levels because they're not that hard. And then the third level, you can camp and the the baddies just keep coming on the screen. They just yeah. keep... There's certain areas where you can just keep hitting them. And if you can get enough baddies and get 70,000 points, you get another life. So you can just keep carrying on. Oh, God, how so, boring, though. It was a bit boring. I did it for a while and then got bored. So 754,500. Uh, Simon Anderson, uh, Biscuit Thief 78, good name. 763,300. I'm done. Slain penis was not fun. <laughs> Why do this to me, Tempe Arcade? It wasn't us, Simon. It wasn't us. <laughs> Phil Horse, eight thirty two hundred. Mark Bell, eight four eight two fifty. I can see why some would have liked this back in the day, but I found the controls way too stiff and frustrating. Not a fan. Ed Horse himself, who has done fantastically well. Well done, Ed. I really like this. Shame about the slowdown. Now this surely is a joke. Matt Neo MK, who chose this game, I believe. Yeah. 1,478,680. <laughs> Fantastic game with plenty of atmosphere. <laughs> Must work with a slowdown as it can help. Final base level, too tough for me. You can point press forever on the red planet. Oh, I have to try Matt, that. Matt, what are you talking about? This game is... Oh. Should we fire him as a listener? We've got. We've still got that box. We can put people in and hit them with a ban hammer. Yeah, he's getting in the box. Get in the box. <laughs> right. Summary. I've got a summary here from Gaming God Pete Hahn. He certainly he can, is. He's just fantastic at many many games, and he's put right. I asked him. He's put. It's rough around the edges and falls short of other games of the era. The run and gun game is. The run and gunning is better in Contra, and the shooting up sections aren't as good as Gradius or Nemesis. The slowdown is also a bit much. Despite all that, I still enjoy it. I like how different the planets are. Double jumping is fun, and a double tap down to lay down is pretty innovative. He gives it a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I appreciate Pete Han's uh, comments because he likes all games. I don't think there's many mm. games he doesn't like. Even like Peter Pat Rat. And that is the guffest game in the world. So, cheers Pete. <laughs> He's seen the decent parts in it, maybe. Possibly. Mm. But I, I can't agree. I've put I started hating it, but I grew to accept it for what it, for what it is. A below par horizontal run-and-gun game with space shooter elements. Very nice on the graphics and sound, not so polished on the gameplay. Technos should have concentrated more on the game engine and less on the aesthetics. Technos also did, I think someone else has said this, the super popular Double Dragon, which also had slowdown. I will not be playing this again. It was very mediocre. I'm not going to say awful. I didn't even bother playing it because... I think a mediocre game is even worse than a terrible game. At least a terrible game, you've got things to focus on. This game was just meh all over. You'd fall mm. off stuff and you didn't know where you are going. Things landed on you. It was just a badly put-together game. They needed to spend time placing enemies, making the gameplay better. And what is with the slowdown? They must have been able to get around that somehow. Maybe they were limited with their hardware. I don't know because it, it's not that ambitious that a game, is it? For th- it's got three processors, remember, and a mm. sixty-eight oh nine is a good processor. I, I believe that's what's in a Vectrex. Yeah, well, a single one, obviously, not three of them. 
See, that is, that's bizarre. I, I, just, yeah. I just got annoyed with falling off stuff at the end of that level, the first level, and having stuff land on you which you didn't see they were coming at you and I find that really unfair and it's just it's just annoying I just don't want to play a game like that it makes me angry I just I will not play it mm. I'm angry enough as it is most of the time lately with what's been happening <laughs> I don't want a game I've got to play for a podcast to annoy me as well so no didn't bother with it just didn't bother with it it was that bad this is going yeah. in the same dirty bag of laundry that's got Rolling Thunder Peter Pack Rat Dr. Micro, no. and, and all those other turds that go with it. I was going to put some rocks in, bind the top up and throw in a canal and forget about them. Megazone take, is another one. I'm going to take Dr. Micro and Rolling Thunder and Megazone, which one of your listeners picked way back in the day. Very, very good pick. <laughs> I'm going to take them out idiot of that. must have picked that. Out of that sack and put them on my shelf. You could have them on your shelf. They're still covered in turd, though. Sorry about that. <laughs> Next show's game. Let's forget all that and go on to Pastures New, Sean. Yes, right. We need a heavy hitter to restore the faith in our featured game challenges. So, don't let me down, chum. Do not let me down. What are you going to pick? For next I've time, gone to the top, the very top, the pinnacle of gaming, in many people's views. In up uh, in what was it? I think it was Christmas Day last year. Mm. We released the top fifty arcade games of all time podcast, which took a hell of a lot of work, it did. and we had so many people that contributed to it, and they were fantastic. It's just a really, mm-hmm. really great uh, show. It was fantastic, <laughs> but number five in that list was Bubble Bobble. Ooh, bubbly bubbly. So I'm going to pick Bubble Bobble to play. Even though I've not played it much, I really want to get to know this game. From Taito 1986, Japan version 0.1 ROM. The, the ROM is actually called Bubble Bobble, B-U-B-L-B-O-B-L. Bubble Bobble. Every... Every... Emulator I've booted up has got the same settings. It's all default. Three lives... Extra lives at 30k, 100k, and 400k. Difficulties normal or B. Yeah. I think some of the emulators have it as B. So all that is default. And I know you, because I don't know this game. I've never really played this game a lot. You said there's a lot of. There's a lot of secrets and warps and weapons yeah. and stuff. Um, I'm not that familiar how to get them. I've read how to do them before, and it's quite complicated unless you really know the game. I think we should allow it because it's not exactly cheating. You can do everything in the game. Yeah. If you wish. Uh, and we are going to get 11 million points from players. We have to mm. get Muddy Music Ollie on this because he was the old world champion at this game. He can so, complete it... all 100 levels and the oh. bonus levels. Can you counter stop it? Counter stop it? Yeah. What do you mean by that? So, it, so it just stops, that the score stops and doesn't roll over. Like I have no idea, actually. I'm not sure. I'm sure we won't get that far. It might even have seven digits, the game. I'm not sure. Can't like 99999 nine, nine just stops. Like Flicky does. It just stops at that score, and it doesn't It doesn't go back to zero. It just stops. Oh, I don't know. No idea, mate. Right. I'm not sure. But we won't get that high. I'm sure of it. I'm sure the p- players who can get that high will tell us. Mm. Yeah, okay. so go for that, kids. It's an absolute classic. People love it. I'm going to try and have a really good do of it. Do, 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 do. 
that music's in your head, listeners, isn't it already? Just put that on the loop all day, and I could quite happily listen to that. Submit your scores on Twitter with hashtag 10p score or on Facebook as a comment on or our podcast post. Pictures, please, if you like, with your scores on. And the deadline for scored submissions is. Oh. What date have we got it? It's near my birthday, I believe. 1st of July. Oh, day after my birthday. You'll be 54 there, Vic. I'll be 978. <laughs> yeah, 1st of July at 1700 UK time. So thank you for putting up with my bad moods, Mr. Sean Holly. And thank you. Hopefully it hasn't impacted the listeners too much. If it has, tough, sue me. And I'll talk to you in two weeks' time. <laughs> thank you very much, kids. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>